Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. I'm coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. We have a special guest with us. It's Harley Schlanger. Harley's usually here on Fridays with Hanging with Harley, but he couldn't make it last Friday. So he's gracing us with his presence this Monday morning to give us a geopolitical roundup of everything that is happening globally and around the world. So we're looking forward to, to it. And uh, you can find Harley over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as SchillerInstitute.com. Go there, sign up for their email list, sign up because you will be alerted when they're running their online uh, symposiums and, and forums. It's a great way for you to learn on the play-by-play of what's going on geopolitically. Uh, for all those that are asking about where are we on YouTube, we are right now in exile. This is Rogue News in exile. Uh, we are in the penalty box until March the 28th, where YouTube will finally allow us to, uh, you know, uh, to get back on on that on their platform. Uh, we're there because we are notorious, Harley, for uh, spreading uh, misinformation and uh, dangerous ideas. <laughs> well, you you and a lot of other people. Yes. This is the this is the I new. Maybe uh, you're in exile because Biden ordered you out of Ukraine. Uh, th- that's going to be next. He's going to order me to get out of Ukraine. You know, he told the Russians to go home, and the Russians are like, "We are home." <laughs> what are they I don't know if you remember this, but back in the late '60s, probably before your time, there was a slogan. You know, it was "U.S. out of Vietnam," "U.S. Oh, yes. out of Cambodia." There was a slogan "U.S. out of U.S." Yes, and that's what the U.S. is now turning around against Russia. Yep. Russia out of the Ru- out of Russia. <laughs> Russia out of Russia, exactly. We had uh, Zelensky, the Jewish comedian who is leading an army of neo-Nazis. You could not write this script if it was on SNL, Harley. You could not write it. But the but- Jewish comedian re- leading an army of neo-Nazis has given a call to Joseph Robinette Biden and told him, listen, you need to calm it down. You need to bring that rhetoric down. <laughs> He actually said more than that, because when after the weekend blab shows where uh, Jake Sullivan, who, by the way, is oh, getting God. some much unwanted attention with the latest Durham droppings. Uh, we, can get to, we can get to that in a minute. But yes, uh, Zelensky listened to Sullivan, who said, we expect there'll be, probably be an invasion by Wednesday. That's what intelligence is telling us. So Zelensky went publicly and said, well, would you mind sharing that intelligence with us in Ukraine? <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I well, then Lavrov, what Lavrov said yesterday is, uh, well, uh, when we end our maneuvers and, and go back to where we ordinarily deploy, the West will declare victory. That's their usual playbook. You know, one of these is they're going to have Andre Martinov on. Are you familiar with Andre Martinov? I've heard the name. I'm not. I don't know. Phenomenal. Him. Former Russian intelligence guy worked in the military for several decades during the Cold War. Wrote the book that I recommend you pick up and read. Harley. It's called "Losing Military Supremacy." Amazing book. The audio book is fantastic. It's so well narrated. I recommend everybody getting that. 
And one of the things that Andre Martinov stresses in the West, you don't have diplomats or statesmen anymore. Like we, you know, you often would say, Harley, he says the only thing that the West is good at is producing people that are good on PR. And, it, and if that, they can't even do that well. And that's what we're seeing with Liz Truss. That's what we're seeing with, with the Biden administration and Jake, uh, uh, this new guy. What's in Jake? Uh, oh, my God. You just mentioned him. Who is Sullivan? It? Sullivan, right. Jake Sullivan and, 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 and Saki and all these morons. They're just low-grade PR agents. That's all they are, and they do such a terrible job. I mean, Zelensky calling out Sullivan and saying, hey, we'd like to see this intel is a scathing rebuke. And what everybody's starting to see that this saber rattling does nothing but ruin and subjugate Europe under the auspices of, of the of the Anglo-American power structure, you know, and and the and, and the Eurocrats that are in Brussels love to have it. So it seems like Harley. Well, Ray McGovern, the former CIA operative who for a number of years was a, one of the president's private briefers, he calls this team the the junior varsity, the Blink and Sullivan. But Sullivan is hardly a, a newcomer. Uh, what Durham just released was this document, which shows goes back to Sullivan's efforts during the summer of uh, 2016 to convince the FBI that they had evidence that Trump was connected through Alpha Bank to Russia. Sullivan was pushing this big time. Uh, the FBI investigated it, and after three years, they finally announced that there was nothing to the story. But this was, at the same time, the Clinton campaign was going to the FBI to get them to wiretap uh, Flynn, uh, uh, Carter Page, and others. But then after that, the Clinton campaign hired a tech firm to get into the server of the Trump Tower, and then after Trump was inaugurated, the White House. They were trying to bug the White House through a private intelligence agency. Maybe it's this Pegasus, who knows? Mm. But in any case, what we're looking at now uh, is, here's Sullivan, uh, Maria Zakharova, who's the spokesman for the foreign ministry in Russia. She's amazing. Said, yeah, she said, well, now everyone knows who's telling the lies and who's been telling the lies. Yep. But they're out there lying day by day by day. Now, in the meantime, uh, we, we see an incredible flurry of diplomacy. You have uh, Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, is in Kiev today. He's going to Moscow tomorrow. Macron was there last week. And Macron looks like he, he tried to do something. But given who he is, it doesn't look like it's going to go too far. But here's something I'm sure very few of your listeners or viewers know, yeah. which is there's a, a weekly uh, publication in France called Marianne. And in it, there are two top officials, former officials of the Bank for International Settlements, who wrote an op-ed saying that the only way to avoid war is to break up NATO. And they say France should leave NATO. Now, this is a, a French deputy I don't have in front of me his. Oh, here it is. The the deputy, former deputy managing director of the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, Hervé Hanoun, mm. and Peter Ditos, the former secretary general of the Bank for International Settlements, mm -hmm. hardly your average anti-war hippies, <laughs> calling for an exit by France from NATO. 
They said Europe must signal its independence from the American war hawks. Bingo. And they said if Macron really wants to stop a war, he should declare that France will veto NATO, NATO membership for Ukraine. There you so go. we're seeing voices speaking out. We, we need more voices, uh, big and small. And this is really a, a, an absolute necessity because there is a grouping that does think they can either bluff the Russians or end up getting Russia into a war, which uh, could be won as a conventional war. Now, that's exactly how delusional these guys are. Others right. in the Pentagon are saying, are you crazy? We're going to end up in a war against Russia and China. Given the, Putin, given the Putin G agreement that were reached uh, the first day of the Olympics when uh, Putin went to China. So there's a lot changing in the world. And, and what, again, what it's proving is what I've been emphasizing and, and Helga LaRouche has been emphasizing and Lyndon LaRouche was emphasizing for years. The issue here is will the United States function as a sovereign nation or an enforcer of a global order? run by private banks and, and the central banks. And the Russians and the Chinese will not surrender their sovereignty to those banks. And I know there are a lot of people who say, well, the Rothschilds were involved in the Russian Revolution. <laughs> and right. The Rothschilds <laughs> were involved in WTO agreements with China. Yeah, that's all true. The, the, the revolution is a hundred years ago. Exactly, it's a different ball game. This is what happens. It's like the problem is this, Harley. Apart from us and a few other uh, geopolitical, geostrategic uh, channels, nobody's really out there. Everybody else is parroting information from a hundred years ago as if it is gospel truth. It is so outdated and obsolete. It is not the current battlefield or the chessboard. No, and and when you're dealing with someone like Putin. You've got to realize that what's foremost in his mind is the recent history of Russia and the mistakes that were made in the pre-war or the, the interwar period after World War I and World War II yeah. by the Stalinist regime, the lack of preparation, uh, but then the, the tremendous sacrifices by the Russian people. 25 to 28 million people died sure. fighting the Nazis. Correct. And now what they're seeing is a neo-Nazi movement that runs the, or let's just say, is extremely influential in controlling the security and, and defense forces in Ukraine, has positions in the parliament and in the presidency. And this is what's threatening Russia by going into NATO and bringing weapons, offensive weapons, onto the very border of Russia. Right. So Putin is saying that's not acceptable. Uh, you promised us you wouldn't do it. You promised us in 1990 and 1994, uh, and yet you've continued to move eastward. We want legally written binding guarantees. And this is the absolutely important uh, demand from Putin. And I think on some level, Biden's aware of that. But who knows how much that awareness controls the policy <laughs> oh yeah I, I can't believe you you use the word awareness and biden in the same sentence harley <laughs> well you, you sometimes have to bring up these ironies <laughs> oh, and I, I i'm assuming biden is awake and aware a certain portion of every day but apparently he's under a hypnotic trance when he gets around yeah. blinken and sullivan and averill haynes and 
this this crew, which is really the Clinton crew. Of course. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. Yes. And the you know the the reason I brought up this latest uh, release from Durham is that you know with with all the problems of the Trump administration, why was he targeted? He was targeted precisely because he did not intend to take sovereignty away from Russia. Mm. He instead wanted to work with the sovereign Russia and with the sovereign China. And he still says that he considers Xi Jinping a friend. Yes. So that what we've seen is the, the complete hijacking as a result of the Russia gate and then of the uh, Biden administration to the extent it's an administration. It's a continuation of the war policy of the Bush Clinton geopolitical alliance. And the Russians are not going to submit. That doesn't mean they're going to go in and, and blow up Ukraine. No. But it does mean they're not going to allow Ukraine's uh, presence in NATO. Now, by the NATO uh, charter itself, there's no way Ukraine could be allowed to join. No, it, correct. It's an unstable country. Its economy's in tatters. There's no way anybody would put... You might as well put the, 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 the Republic of Gaboon in NATO or, or, or some other country that nobody's even heard of or the, 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 the nation of Eteria. I, I think Eteria is more stable than Ukraine at this point, Harley. Well, what they like about Ukraine is there's an oligarchy there that, that yes. cuts them in on the, the looting that's going on. That's it. And this is think about what I said about these two uh, former officials of the Bank for International Settlements. That's the central bank of the central banks. What do those guys know that most people don't? They know that Ukraine is bankrupt. Ukraine Correct. is headed for default on billions of dollars of debt. And the reason they're headed for default is that when Yanukovych was thrown out and Ukraine turned toward the West, they got nothing but weapons, no economic help. They were put under an international monetary fund shock therapy policy, the same way Russian wa Russia was between 1992 and 97. Uh, and their economy has completely collapsed. Yeah. They've had to borrow money to pay the, the outstanding interest on debt. Mm -hmm. And now they need four to five billion dollars to avoid default. And top people around the world are saying Ukraine could be one of the countries that would default, that would trigger a string of defaults that would blow out the financial system. Yeah. Now, besides the, the poor third world countries that are heavily indebted and have no income, you have a lot of corporations in the same situation. Sure. That they have high stock valuations, market capitalization, but nothing backing it up, no sales, no income, not even enough income to pay interest on the debt they have. So they go to the Federal Reserve open window and borrow money, pushing inflation, collapsing the dollar, and creating another extreme vulnerability for the Western financial system. So this is the, the, what, what we see coming from the West. Now, what do we see from Russia? We see a Eurasian integration, not just Russia and China, right. but the prospect of bringing in Pakistan, maybe even India. There's a real operation going to bring India in on this. Resolving, I hope so. Well, it would be important because otherwise, India significantly. My my main concern with India is is the is the the absolute talons that the uh, the the British financial sector and and the oligarchs there have in India with the Congress Party and the like. 
Well, they trained the Indian elites. Correct. And India has a problem with that, but also India has a border with China, and I don't yes. think India wants a war with China or Pakistan. The Pakistanis are, are doing a very interesting mediation uh, between the United States and China now. Imran Khan was in yeah. Beijing and said that he'd like to play that role. Now, why is this so important, the idea of Eurasian integration? Well, first of all, that's the most prosperous section of the world and, and the fastest growing section of the world economy right now. It's a lot of people. Between Russia and China, there's military capability. But the other factor is the British factor. Why were the British fighting wars in Afghanistan against the Russians in the 19th century? Why do the British have this absolute Russophobia and a fear of a Russia-China alliance? Mm -hmm. Well, it breaks up the, 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 the geopolitics, the great game, and it will pull Europe away from the Anglo-Americans. Now, there's no reason for the Americans to be part of the Anglo-Americans. We shouldn't right. have gone into World War I on the side of the British. The post-war period, we've been in one misadventure after another. And oh, yeah. Misadventure is a kind of mild term. One genocidal <laughs> assault after another based on British intelligence, British prodding, you know, Thatcher pushing H.W. Bush to go into Iraq, Blair doing everything he could to uh, work with Cheney and Bush in the endless wars of the 21st century. Uh, and what does Britain get from it? The city of London is sitting on top of an unsustainable debt bubble. Huge. They need the Federal Reserve. They need the Bank of England. They need the European Central Bank to keep pumping money. But if they keep doing that, the currencies will disappear. Yep. Meanwhile, Russia has no debt and a lot of gold. China has a fantastically expanding industrial sector of an economy, as well as partners all over the world with the Belt and Road Initiative. Harley, uh, you notice that all is, that we haven't heard the word Evergrande in a long time. Remember when you and I got on the on, on the air and we're like, yeah, this Evergrande is just a big nothing burger. And there, everybody was saying it's going to be the nuclear trigger that's going to trigger a financial collapse of China. Nothing happened. Well, and it's worth looking at what did happen. The Chinese yeah. basically said, we're going to gradually write down some of your bad debt. And we're going to uh, uh, cut the speculators out from yep. getting anything from the Bank of China. <clears throat> yeah. And in the meantime, where are they investing? They're investing in physical economy, in coal right. production, in nuclear <sighs> production. Oh, my God. They, they, they turned against the, the Great Reset and the Green New Deal, which is the only thing that the financial oligarchs of the West have right now. Yeah. Now, here, let me just give you one other factor because there's so much to this picture, but Ursula von der Leyen, the, the pathetic character who's the president of the European Council, scheduled a visit to Africa later this week oh, wow. to present what they call the Global Gateway, which <laughs> they claim is the European alternative to the Belt and Road Initiative. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's solar panels. Yay! Batteries for computers for Africa. Yeah. And the president of Senegal, Mackie, who's also the, the current chairman of the African Union, made a really interesting point. He said, what did COP26 do? It essentially made hydrocarbon programs that will keep Africa from having electricity for 600 million people. Yeah. We need electricity. 
We need hydrocarbons. We need fossil fuels. And this was right before von der Leyen is planning to go to Africa. So who's involved in this in Africa? Uh, Nigeria, South Africa, uh, Algeria, the, the more uh, stable economic uh, countries in Africa. And who are they turning to? Russia and China. Bingo. And meanwhile, the French are collapsing in the French African colonies where they, they can't stop terrorists because they, they probably haven't figured out yet that it's the CIA and the MI6 that are funding and arming the terrorists. Exactly. So what, what I've been saying is that the, the post-Cold War unipolar order is dead. It's gone. It's no one literally. Told, no one has told Biden that. Well, neither Trudeau, who is right now, uh, I think he's putting up some new, never-before-seen emergency measures here, Harley. Yeah, dead man walking. Dead man walking, correct. But then, then you look at what's coming up behind this. If we can get the United States broken out of this, and I, I don't mean by bringing Trump back, I mean by the American people starting to think like the founding fathers did yeah. about the importance of sovereignty. The important right. of, importance of doing things for posterity. There's a potential now to break the power of the global financial oligarchy. And I know very, very few people uh, think about that. And that's why Russia and China would be good allies for the United States at this point. So 100%. This, this is really... A potential turning point in history where we, we could end up on the, the, the uh, deserted planet or we could have sovereign nation states cooperating and collaborating and cracking once and for all this global elite. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, 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 I think it was Matthew Ayer that once said this. He said that America is a house on fire and Russia and China, the multipolar world is the water that could put that fire out. And this is something that the American population needs to understand. There's a lot of guys out there that do not understand the broader geopolitical game, and they're spreading a great deal of pretty much just conspiracy theories at this point. The, I mean, our way of life is imploding. You know, Our, our, our manufacturing has been gutted. Our physical economy has been taken out. And you made the point of the uh, of the the president of the uh, uh, you know the European Union going down to Africa to go visit Africa and, and to do what to offer them solar panels that are manufactured in China as a, it's some sort of arbitrage play here, right? And the Africans are like, wait a minute, why would we want to if we wanted to do solar panels, we could just buy it from China for a lot less than what you're selling it, what you're reselling it for. Again, well, it's this it's the same people who are getting oil from and gas from Russia. Yes. Who are reselling it for a profit. Correct. And then saying that there's no gas in Europe because the Russians have cut off the spigots. That's a complete <laughs> lie. Complete yes. lie. Exactly right. And the Russians have been very meticulous at living up to their contracts. Absolutely. They, they, they're willing to work with everybody. It's like the Chinese and the Russians are willing to work with anyone. It doesn't matter, right? It's just us. And when you look at our, our, our foreign policy, you see how myopic it is. You realize a, a myopic foreign policy is the greatest evidence that it is a foreign policy that only serves that of the elites and not the people. And that's what we have in this country, Harley. 
And I think a lot of people who are angry and frustrated, who are willing to jump out into whatever they see moving and have to realize one other thing, which is that the British are experts at disinformation, at diversion. Uh, yeah. And they're also experts at polarization. But anything to keep people from focusing on the fact that they're being manipulated by the British. Correct. And this is... You know, we, we just had a, a commemoration on Saturday uh, on the LaRouche organization website of the uh, passing of Lyndon LaRouche three years ago. Yeah. And his work as a body over the last 50 years, identifying the key branching point in world history, being the American Revolution against the British system, with the British representing the European oligarchy going back to the Black Guelphs and the Venetians and the, the Roman legions, the Nazi SS, that that's who's trying to pull the strings and manipulate people. And if, if people who are getting angry and frustrated take a few minutes and study this, it becomes very clear what the alternatives are. We could have a new global financial system that would be based on investment in physical economy, in goods production, in fair trade, and break the power of the global financial oligarchy. That's what needs to be done. That's what we're doing with, with our channels. And uh, I think if people are, are interested, they should go to my daily update at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, where I do a 10 to 12 minute update every day to make sure people are hearing What's being said in Europe? What's being said in Russia and China? And also what's being said behind the scenes in the United States, which doesn't get out. Right. Exactly. Very well said. Harley, thank you so much for joining us and breaking all this information down. Um, any, anything else that you would like to add? Well, the other thing that's interesting is we did a uh, joint webcast on last Thursday, the Schiller Institute and the Russian International Affairs Council on Afghanistan. And there's a lot of pressure on the United States to unfreeze the funds yes. uh, to Afghanistan. So Biden issued an executive order, which just shows how clueless these guys are, taking half the money that we're stealing from the Afghan government to give to the 9-11 uh, families. Uh, that's, that should be done by the U.S. government. Correct. That should be done by the Bush family. You should... Go get the people who profited from the, the post 9-11 period and make them pay to the families because they're the ones who uh, orchestrated it and covered it up. Meanwhile, the money is not going to go to the Afghan government because they don't want to help the Taliban, which right. means it's going to go to the corrupt uh, non-governmental organizations, which will probably del deliver a few bags of rice and a few loaves of bread to 23 million people who are starving to death because of what the U.S., and NATO did in Afghanistan. So if people are interested in getting a full picture of the Russian view and the competent view from the West on what's going on with Afghanistan, uh, it's, a uh, uh, what was the date? February 10th uh, on the Schiller Institute website, a dialogue between the Schiller Institute and the Russian International Affairs Council. By the way, the Russian International Affairs Council is, its honorary chairman of that is Sergei Lavrov. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So this is a significant event, V. When is this again? Well, it, it was on the 10th of February, 
Okay. I was the narrator. We had two, besides Helga Zeppelin-Rouche, we also had Graham Fuller, who's very well known as a 25-year CIA operative who's now very active in the anti-war VIPs networks. Mm -hmm. And then Jim Jatris, a uh, former diplomat. Uh, Jatris had the line of the day where one of the Russians said, well, isn't there something that can be done to shame the U.S. government to provide some funds? And Jatris said, you can't shame the shameless. Exactly. They have no shame. They're a bunch of low-grade PR men and used car salesmen. That, that, that's the talent that runs this country, Harley. That's the talent that runs the West. Bunch of PR, low-grade PR idiots. Who connect on social media and pat each other on the back to no yep. end. Yep. Thinking that they are, you know, completely invincible, and and their and their uh, and their rule will rule forever and for forever. You know, it, it's just insanity on the on, on a grand scale. The masters of the universe, to use oh, yeah. the term, I believe Tom Wolf coined for them. Yeah. Meanwhile, they lead countries whose physical economies are gutted, who are running the most insane debt, who are completely insolvent, with zombie institutions at the helm. It's, and they and they think this is prosperity. They're in for a rude awakening. Well, and, and the, it's so dangerous. Yeah, that's what they've done to the United States. Yes, it's not just third world countries anymore. If you look out the window and think the United States is becoming a third world country, this is who did it. The same people who are trying to start a war over Ukraine. Correct, because they think they're going to control it. They think they can manage a, a limited shooting war. They're, they're such idiots. They're such idiots. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. Again, folks, you can find him over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, TheLaRoucheOrganization.com, and as well as the TheSchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. The links will be posted on the, on the description box later today. Uh, with that being said, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow on another regularly scheduled Rogue News in, Rogue News in Exile. Rogue News in Exile, Harley. That's what we are now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining in. Good. Keep your rucksack packed. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all for listening in. See you all tomorrow.